This is Sistrionics, the podcast where we exercise the demons of the patriarchy and discuss the many ways to turn your neighbour's cow's milk sour. So, uh, witches. witches. Also, happy birthday to our podcast. Happy birthday to Sistrionics. Not exactly, but um, it's been a year that we've been recording this podcast. Yay! So, big thank you to all of our listeners. Yeah. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Uh, thank you very much for those who have come a bit later and who are keeping on joining um, our podcast listener community. So, witches, bitches. Let's conjure this episode into existence. I'm excited. Hubble, bubble, toil and trouble. Feminist take on witches. I don't know about you, when I started studying about this, I was a bit worried that we were going to end up in the, like, Glastonbury-like camp. Where Please it's, like, explain. This crystal and, like, this mm-hmm. and, and... Yeah, so that's something that we associate, I guess, with 1960s, 1970s, New Age. Yeah. So the idea of, like, getting back to a more animistic understanding of the world rather than looking at, like, a dualistic or... Uh, esoteric transcendental type religion instead it's talking about like what is the here what is the now like looking at nature looking at like the animated version of the world and witchcraft and wicca religion which was invented in the 1950s which I got into a big rabbit hole with when when um went doing this uh this podcast research so yeah are we talking about that though Probably not, because I think, mm. but what I think is important to remember is you, is that you have to lay your privileges, not privileges, you have to lay your prejudices out there and realise what's, what your vision, you know, what you, the lens that you're applying to what you're thinking of yeah. has gone through many, many different generations and it's gone through many, many different versions and what we think of when we think of the word witches and blah, 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 has been shaped by other people's interpretations of witches and we want to talk today about various different things but mainly talking about witches are there right they're there throughout history they've been found apparently on every continent of the planet evidence of witches and witch hunting and we're going to be focusing on west the western world today talking about Europe, continental europe britain and north america um and uh, because obviously that's what you know the history that we've kind of been most exposed to and um and also during a specific time as well yeah exactly yeah yeah during a post-renaissance like um oh well the height of the witch trials yeah height of the witch trials 1500s 1600s yeah. so um i think it's important to remember that but also to bear in mind that so when we're talking about witches as well i think it's really easy to be like yeah well ugh, they were obviously crazy that was obviously hysteria etc etc but actually we have to remember that that is reality. Or from another more, I guess, um, feminist revisionist perspective, a lot of it is it's pure and simple persecution of women based on the fact that they were not men. And therefore we should see it as a, an attempted genocide against women during or against certain groups of women during the 15 and 1600s. And that's, again, I think another simplification. Yeah. And the reason being is... Well, yeah, exactly. Because it is a simplification because they believe in it. They, they believe that these there are witches. They believe that... I was listening to a lecture, I'll maybe put it in the show notes, a lecture from a historian at the Humboldt State University in the US, and he was giving this lecture and talking about the fact that, you know, for example, I take ibuprofen 
you know, because I, I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works to, to heal pain and make me feel less pain or whatever, but I know that it does work because I have a belief in the system behind it that does work because we have the scientific method, et cetera, et cetera. That's our reality. And he explains, you know, kind of the difference between truth and reality, not to fall too much down a rabbit hole of that, but to, you know, it wasn't the truth that there were witches. Um, although I have to admit, when I was reading about some of these cases, I was a bit like, well, maybe she did go into the forest and sign the devil's book. I mean, I don't know that she didn't. <laughs> but, um, or that she did dance naked, she did with, dance a naked with a goat. Who had, was the devil in, in goat form? I don't know that she didn't do did that. she have sex with his antler? Like, yeah, is that yeah, the point? No. Are they even called antlers? Are they called horns? Horns, I think. Horns. Um, and yeah, so, you know, there is a difference between truth and reality. But two people living in the, 15th 16th centuries and and beyond this was reality witches were real and yeah it's it's but what's really interesting is the society that that reflects mm. and yeah i think it is an oversimplification um which is very and you can see that in the fact that witches vary from place to place they vary from time to time mm-hmm. Usually I think the Christian definition of you talking about the time that we're thinking, if we're thinking about the witch trials of Central Europe and the witch trials of England, mainly centred down in Essex, they are usually people who use spirits or unknown things to cause harm. Mm. And that can be different to folkloric traditions where, because actually everyone was doing slightly weird things that are at, were outside of the Christian tradition to maybe occasionally like heal someone or, or make mm. someone feel better that they didn't know and that not that didn't necessarily count as witchcraft it was usually to cause harm yeah yeah so from what i can understand is that uh, the actions taken by those people who were often accused of witchcraft the actions taken by them are just one facet and it's also the socio-political economic um situation that mm-hmm. they that they come out of as well so for instance um the accused witches are often people in society who were not expert sorcerers or magicians, um, but they were the ones who kind of like marked animals when they were sick. Um, they were the ones who helped heal neighbors, helped find lost or stolen objects, um, gave them amulets or love potions or helped them forecast the future. So this was hugely predominant, important um social actions during the time that we're talking about so this would have been in every single society in every single town village city you would have had plenty of people who performed these functions but it's only some of them that then get accused of malicious witchcraft we're talking a lot about women essentially with knowledge and women with knowledge to do things like heal so healers essentially or women with essentially knowledge that couldn't necessarily at that point be explained by this new phenomenon right which is science so um so yeah that's one element to it but it is it's something more there's there needs to be something more and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in order to turn them into criminals that are worthy of execution Mm -hmm. and that's the problem is that i think the there's a problem with feminist historians applying um as i say this lecture that i was listening to was really interesting and there was a Q&A at the end and uh, there was this one question which was like, is there evidence of um, uh, the Protestant or Catholic Church using witchcraft as a, a, as a propaganda tool to persecute these, you know, these independent women? And you're like, no, they weren't, you know, they didn't have a book club and they weren't entrepreneurs. <laughs> they were piss poor, most of them. And that's, 
I think a really dangerous kind of oversimplification of 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 witches. It's an oversimplification of the gendering of this entire situation. Yeah. Because also, okay, yes, women. It, it is you know um, predominantly women who will be accused and murdered of witchcraft. Um, in two villages in Trier, I think in the mid sixteenth century, they burned all but one of the women. Uh, so, and I just, I just imagine that scene of like after they've burnt all the women, and they're like, "Oh, I could do with a sandwich, <laughs> Margaret." Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what happened? Like what the fuck? But you know, and so it's, it's, so it's key to remember that also men are accused of witchcraft. Um, women are also accusing of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think predominantly a lot of the accusations that you'll get will come from women as well. Mm-hmm. So it's really not as simple as this one kind of, you know, patriarchal force in this sense. Yeah. Maybe in a higher sense that we will come to. Yeah. But um, in, in that, that way, that's a really oversimpl... Like, that's a real oversimplification of that situation. And but it, um, but it often happens, doesn't it, with this like phenomenon of herstory that started off in the nineteenth century it's seventies, there's this kind of like rewriting of his his story mm-hmm. in order to kind of like place women in the front seat and place them in the driving seat. Um, and often I think that led to oversimplification of the past. Um, in order to in some way get women's voices being heard, mm-hmm. right? Because um it's really worth noting that a lot of women's stories are lost and have have never really come to the fore. Precisely. And were never written because they weren't Be- the one writing because, them. Because exactly, because they weren't the ones writing them and therefore they've they've been lost. And and one of the most sort of interesting things about the fact that we know so much about witches and witch trials and it is such a part of our culture and we still use the lexicon, don't we? We still use the lexicon of terms. Um, in our in our current culture you know I cast a spell on you when you fall in love with someone or um, it's a witch hunt mm. when any man is being accused of anything yeah it's <laughs> um, so a witch hunt yeah. the irony of that is just incredible yeah. um, so we still use the lexicon and it's still such a part of our mm. of our culture and mm-hmm. so part of of our dogma and our understanding of of the world and that really tells you something it tells you that this was a hugely large long-spanning lengthy incredibly traumatizing event yeah and the reason i say that is because so much of female history and so much of women in history has been lost and so when you have something that is still such a dominant factor in our modern society and something that people still know quite a lot about it's got to be huge. Mm-hmm. It's got to be absolutely massive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's something also to think about. But going back to your point of like, who are witches? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, so that's the important point. Again, I just kind of bulked a little bit. It really kind of like got my goat a little bit. The double. The inside. Always on the mind. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. The, the it kind of you know hacked me off this like idea of these independent women being burned and they were. And and it's like no they they were they were really vulnerable they mm. and that's the thing is that what you find is when you're talking about the persecution of witches yes it might spread it might branch and i'm i'm very much using the example of salem here um but it might branch out to it will it will branch out to other women it might branch out to powerful women 
And that's usually when it stops. Mm-hmm. And and usually, you know, so one of the funny things about uh, the Salem Witch Trials is that when it really go, goes too far is that somebody accuses the governor's wife and the governor's like, oh, 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 no, 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 <laughs> no, sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, shut it down. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. So but who, who are the first people to get The accused? first people are postmenopausal women. They might be women who are um, mentally ill, uh, uh, let's face it, uh, not not adhering to society. It starts with them and it might branch out to men, it might branch out to more powerful people, but it always starts with the most powerful women. So yeah, beggar- with, the, with the least powerful. Sorry, women. with the least powerful. So so yeah, beggar women coming to the door, something this historian I was listening to the other day um, really made an interesting point about the fact that, you know, if you had, you know, you have huge economic upheaval. If you have, if for example, in Europe, we cannot underestimate the horror of the religious wars, wars of reformation that happen across, you know, the 15th, 16th century. And the fact that, you know, Europe lost a third of its population. Um, and the fact that you had the institutions that usually would care for the sick and care for the poor, like churches and, um, you know, which, yeah, churches. So, you know, the the poor and the sick and the crazy, you know, the mentally ill, we'll say the mentally ill, the (laughs) mentally ill will be taken care for, it can be taken care of by, you know, the local monastery or the, or whatever. And that is gone with, with the upheaval of the wars of uh, reformation. And now you have, you know, the wandering poor, quote unquote, the wandering poor. So beggars and homeless people going door to door. And this guy came to my door and he asked me for money and I said no. And then he muttered something as he went away. And now my cow is really ill. And, <laughs> and the milk is sour. And the milk is sour. Or, you know, or, or the baby's gotten sick or something like that, you know. So usually happy with this like massive you know this this massive kind of social upheaval definitely yeah so from one one book that i read um uh it quotes a lot of of widows so widows who have been impoverished because they no longer have a breadwinner um or or you know widows who no longer have like a source of income or an ability to to gain access to resources to keep themselves alive um then you know go on this begging spree and then eventually get accused of witchcraft mm-hmm. uh, when they've been turned away so many times. So there was this one story um, from a place called Tyburn in England, and it's from 1585, and it's about a widow of 65 years old who was hanged in 1685, and it says that she had picked a basket of peas in the neighbour's field without permission. Asked to return them, she flung down. She, she flung them down in anger, since, um, and since then no pears would grow in the field. And then it goes on to sort of like detail how she had asked for yeast and not given up and, and not been given yeast, and then the brewing had dried up. She had asked for um, wood um in a, a master's ground and then there was no more wood left there was a, she asked um for a horse and then all the horses died um so it's kind of this this idea of like it's really focusing on 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 women who are essentially the most vulnerable um and continuously in in this book that I've kind of like got a lot of my research from they talk about uh very poor women disenfranchised women women who are in the most vulnerable position in society being then accused of witchcraft and we can kind of see it as essentially a practice of as you say when there is no institution to take care of them getting rid of them yeah because they're just making mess yes and they're making problems and they're making people feel bad about their situation 
just get rid of them. Yeah. Just accuse them of witchcraft and and and, and get rid of the entire yeah. lot of them. Yeah. Also, when you're talking about, you know, postmenopausal women, these are the women who are more likely to be taking care of babies mm-hmm. or, or taking care of new mothers or taking care of children. Um, and that's, you know, that that's that's what happens today. You know, th- th- that's the role that they take on. And I was listening, uh, I was reading something that was saying, you know, if a young mother there's this narrative is spun that oh she's jealous of the young mother and the baby and that kind of thing mm. and that is a very yeah there's a very feminist reading of that which is like you know again pit women against each other and and like oh she's jealous and that's why the baby's now sick or whatever but anyway well well this out. is this is exactly the myth that has um, been maintained i think throughout and even you can see it in so many disney films as well that kind of keeps on getting uh, regurgitated now witchcraft and witchery and the, the 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 witches of the past are all just obsessed with one thing beauty and youth yes, yes. and and in order to obtain beauty and youth what do they do they steal children they they mash them up they they spread the the carcasses of babies and children on their bodies in order to obtain eternal youth so this is the one sort of myth that has carried on and i think that that is a real that is a a very patriarchal interpretation of this history because essentially what you have is all of the plurality of reasons why people were accused of witchcraft and all of the plurality of function that those women and some men performed in society they get eradicated in the history and it's purely just old crones you know cutting up children and eating them um, in order to obtain eternal youth because the patriarchy sees especially you know after a certain point sees the only function of women as being beautiful yeah being useful and being fertile yeah and so if they're no longer beautiful useful and fertile yeah. then they must be murdering other yeah, yeah other yeah. children or other women in order to obtain yeah. that and um, again, it goes to show, doesn't it? Again, postmodern—it goes to show our vision of society is built by men, you know. Because why is it that we don't see postmenopausal women as useful when actually, in current society today, if you did not have older women taking care of children, the workforce would be—I I, I can't calculate mm. how much free labour has been done by my mother for her grandchildren um so that so that their parents can go to work you know just on a massive massive scale there's so much that is done how much i wish my mum was how much you've talked about it you know yeah. don't have a baby unless your next your parents are down the road yeah, that's it's hard exactly what and even us as like modern women you know it takes a village to raise a family yeah. like you know, to raise a child sorry yeah like is um or to keep a couple together right <laughs> gotcha. so, you, yeah. know, you know like yeah. <laughs> allow that couple like just a minute of sure space. exactly um, to be it, people it and it not takes, parents it takes more than a mum and a dad yeah yeah to enable that family to be happy and healthy and long-lasting and that is a lot of the time the free labor of other yeah. women um Yes, older women. Yes, and yes, um, and like you know, this 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 thing with the, the older women, and it goes to show that you know what makes me laugh, especially when you read, uh, is it the Malus Maleficarum, which is the it's you know some German guys were like, this is how you tell the witches, <laughs> they write the handbook, uh, and they're like, you know, this is what they do. By the way, the devil's penis is very cold. Right, uh, that's an important point. Um, this one woman, well, you know, I think you're, they collect I baskets of penises. Your live and lover made a very, very good point, which is that if you have a cold penis in a very hot place like hell, <laughs> that, that's almost going to be that's going to be a relief. Isn't it's it? a relief, exactly. So it's, it's quite I think, practical, like, listen, really. One, I'm really, I'm fucking roasting. 
can't take this goat fur off. Well, here's, uh, a, <laughs> like, here's this, an icy penis. Here's an icy penis. So, so you've got all that and, um, uh, but what what the things that you have is that the reason that witchcraft usually starts, you know, with women is because they are the weaker vessel. They're more gullible because you don't fucking educate them. Uh, they're more, you know, um, they're more this, they're more that. They're also more sexual. I don't know whether you've noticed, um, uh, but women are just more sexual uh, than men. Not in control of their sexual. Not impulses. in control of their sexual impulses. No, the because I don't know about you. I think. With the, with the Me Too crisis, I know that I'm really worried that Helen Mirren will be accused oh, of, so she'll be worried. Me Too'd. I'm, so I'm really, really worried that... Dame Judi um, Dench. Oh, yeah, I'm really worried what that... She, what has she been doing? All of our favourite actresses have actually been sexually abusing women for years and years mm. and years. And, and men. And, 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 and we've, we've seen that. Sorry, men, of course. We've seen that throughout history. We're just more sexual. We are less <laughs> in control of our sexual urges just let everyone get a good laugh you were in at that one (laughs) so 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 yeah it's it's it goes to show again and this is a point um this is your point al i'm sorry i'm gonna use it um that you know it's it's men kind of because men don't have that internal internal drives you don't have that you don't have it so it's not like so if i really want to have sex with her she did it she cast it's a spell. her fault that I yeah. really, really I can't think about anything else but having sex with this woman and it's nothing to do with me she's more sexual and that's why I want to have sex with and her and she's just hanging the washing out but she's just she's cast a spell on me as yeah. well like it's her fault she's cast that spell exactly. on me she's done some like you know witchery which is why um, I no longer want to shag my wife who's already had six of my children and has absolutely zero sex drive whatsoever and if you make her pregnant again she will stab your eyes out with whatever implement she can find um you go to the young young maid and it's not your fault and it's, it's not her fault, fault. exactly fault. and once uh, again she's, she's just you know squeezing that cow's udder yeah. in that witchy witchy way <laughs> which she did yeah. and she's cast a spell over you yeah um but once it goes it goes to show that it's 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 all through their perspective but, you know, but i mean all... let's be honest that has totally permeated now into modern rape culture absolutely you know if we think about the whole victim blaming thing it's just another form of she cast a spell on me she wore something that showed me an inch of her skin and therefore she deserved yeah. you know rape yeah, or yeah. molestation yeah. or sexual assault yeah. so it's exactly the same thing really it's just yeah. you know essentially men are just or in this from this reading you can get a sense that men are just incredibly unself-aware yeah yeah totally unaware of themselves their impulses and how to control them to stop them being a menace to society mm-hmm. but they're not a menace to society because this is a society that is constructed around those impulses mm-hmm. and it's a society that is constructed exactly. to facilitate their gratification all right yeah so let's move on to the witch trials so this is a period in time that we're talking we're talking mainly about Europe, Western Europe, um, and we're talking about a period of time where we see a spike in witch trials and witch hunts um, during the f- uh, 1550s to the 1600s. And what we wanted to do in this part is to paint a picture of what the kind of socio 
political economic situation is and i think you've already talked about this to some extent with the religious wars um and you talked about um you know europe losing a third of its population i'm guessing you're kind of referring maybe to the 30 years, 30 war. years war yeah yeah exactly. from from 1618 to 1648 when europe loses a third of its population berlin and brandenburg loses two-thirds of its population jesus yeah yeah 70 percent. so I did not know that yeah um so yeah, that's why Friedrich Wilhelm the Great Elector is just like begging people, people <laughs> begging people didn't to come. That. Yeah, yeah. So you know, Europe has has lost a third of its its population during this time. Um, but the witch trials preceded that. Um, and, and one of the interesting things about the 1500s um, to recognise is this is huge huge upheaval is going on mm-hmm. at this time and yeah as you uh, as you rightly p- pointed out earlier a lot of it is to do with the the Ref- reformation and the religious warfare that happens as a result of reformation um and the european witch hunts in in a way can be seen as an example of men feeling out of control um so northern europe um, northern european religious reform movements of the early 16th century and throughout the 16th century and a new also a visibility of female figures mm. um for instance we have major monarchs especially in in the united kingdom major monarchs during this during this period who, who are also female so elizabeth i notably a uh, bloody mary um mary queen of scots catherine de medici over in france um, Mary of Guise. Yeah, before Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah. So you've got this century of women in yeah. power, and one sort of commentator at the time, a man called John Knox, very Ooh. prominent. <laughs> what is he? Presbyterian. Oh yeah, he's Calvinist. Right. I, think, I think he's Calvinist. I can't remember. He's a dick. There's definitely an account where Mary Queen of Scots he makes her cry, and she's like, "Fuck off, get out of here," because he'd come in and just be like, "You're awful, you're terrible," and she's like, "I'm the queen, yeah. bitch." Yeah. Exactly. Well, he he calls it the monstrous regiment of women. Of women, yeah, yeah. So this is like this is the context in which this yeah, happens. So you've yeah. got the, all of this upheaval, all of this yeah. change yeah. Um, caused by these wars, yeah. And then you've also got women in power, yeah. So it's worth noting that in the in the UK or in England, um, in Protestant England, uh, the the major three acts of Parliament that um, essentially legalised the persecution of people as witches happened in 1542 1563 so during the reign of elizabeth I. um but the major one happens in 1604 mm-hmm. so that's in the context of you know mm-hmm. elizabeth has just died yeah and um, there is a new regent in power so after 45 years of female rule yeah. in 1604 literally the year later uh, james the first passes um uh, an act of parliament allowing the death penalty even in the absence of any damage inflicted upon persons and things mm-hmm. um and he was known to be a a very strong ardent zealot of of witch trials um and in terms of the the witch trials in the uk and in england you can see a absolutely gargantuan uptick um after james the first comes into power so it goes from you know around um 40 per year to then going all the way up to 120 130 mm-hmm. in a year mm-hmm. after he becomes the regent that's when it really jumps from being something that happens in a local context mm. to being something that happens yes that's very true um, as a state sanctioned yes. operation um, and that's when we see a real uptick yeah um we're talking about hundreds of women yeah. and and you know a few men as well killed every single year but it's interesting isn't it because we we talked about it a little bit before in the absence of institutions as i said you know which founded general matthew hopkins in the mm-hmm. civil war 
obviously that's after James is gone um but yeah that's interesting that it's kind of he kind of institutionalizes it but in other places certainly when you you look at Salem mm. they were in between getting a new governor and it was quite fractious yeah um and they're in this moment of kind of very chaotic moment and also having huge threats from Native American raids for example up mm-hmm. in, in Maine which isn't too far far away where many yeah. people would have come into the town as refugees from these raids and things like that so so yeah Up, upheaval then upheaval so, yeah. yeah moving on that that sort of like brings us I guess onto the the second point and this is a theory that I came across in the work of uh, Silvia Federici um, who wrote a book in 2004 called Caliban and the Witch and she is a Marxist feminist historian um who kind of got famous in the 1970s for wages for housework um and which is you know feminist pamphlet radical ideas about how women should be compensated for for uh for housework which is something that we've covered in an earlier podcast um she wrote this book in 2004 and her idea or her main theory when it comes to witchcraft is that the witch trials of Europe during the 1550s to the 1630s are essentially a backlash against the female population of the proletariat by capital accumulators. So members of the richer aspects of society, um, the richer classes, who are now accumulating vast amounts of wealth in things like the enclosures um, of the late 1500s and early 1600s. So they are accumulating... In England. In England. In England. Yeah, and and also in Western Europe as well. So she does talk about a European-wide witch hunt and witch trials. Um, so the accumulation of capital essentially requires the subjugation of people who could be seen as um, as being, you know, um, against those moves or trying to push back against those those movements of capital accumulation. So when you say land enclosures, yeah. that is the privatisation yes. of, of land yes. under, you know... Under wealthy landowners. Under wealthy landowners. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, I think, like, especially a lot of the British population we have is or English people um, people in Northern Ireland people in Ireland people in Scotland even people in Wales are fully aware of uh, English people coming and stealing their land and stealing their property and subjecting them to hundreds of years of essentially colonial rule um, but in England we don't really see the proletariat as being like a group of people who were colonized mm. but you've got this this process that starts in the 1500s after essentially britain becomes a protestant nation mm-hmm. after the break with rome um and you know the the taking of of land from monasteries under henry the eighth that's really when it starts and then it goes all the way through until the early 1700s where you have huge land enclosures taking property and land that was essentially part of the commons and then turning it into privatised land under what later becomes the aristocracy that exists all the way up until getting sizably destroyed after the Second World War um, and still does exist in some capacity, but they are massively diminished now, today, and um, and also silent because, uh, well, it's very, it's, I don't think it's very sort of wise to demarcate yourself as a member yeah, of the aristocracy. Yeah, yeah. So that aristocracy, though, ruled over mm. England for many hundreds of years and it's this this point in time when that aristocracy is really starting to gain huge amounts of capital Mm. under under the enclosures and it's in that context that these witch trials are occurring and what Sylvia Federici does is she really interesting she like maps geographically speaking where the vast majority of these witch trials are taking place and she argues that most of them are taking place in locations where you have large 
privatizations going on. So in Essex, um, the most of the witch trials occurred in Essex. So you've got like vast amounts of privatization, land accumulation going on. Um, She says that in the Scottish lowlands as well, uh, a subsistence economy was vanishing under the impact of privatization and the Presbyterian Reformation. And then, so that's where a huge amount of witch trials happened. But then in the Scottish Western Highlands, where there can be no trace found of the persecution, um, you still have a collective land tenure system and kinship um, ties that prevailed going all the way up until mm. the 18th century. So yeah. there's this there's a sense of like something is happening here. Mm. Massive change, a displacement of um, agrarian populations. So you've got people being people being dispersed, disenfranchised, disinherited, isolated, disrupted in their livelihoods. And it's in those contexts that you have some of the poorest people in society being persecuted on the grounds of witchcraft, getting rid of people who might be a problem to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's a really interesting theory. So we're talking about all of these kind of big things that mm. are going on and big structural changes that are happening during this period of the witch trials. So as we kind of said at the beginning of the podcast, though we can sort of like there is a unifying factor in that a lot of these people were accused or or were performing female actions in society like um demarcating animals as being sick like creating uh healing medicines for um people who were sick in society like you know taking care of children and so forth so you can say you know it is about the destruction of female knowledge but that's that's way too simplified isn't it it's way too narrow it's way too narrow because that destruction of female knowledge happens in a context a much wider context Mm. of religious reformation upheaval the prominence of women in a monarchy um as well as this this capital accumulation the beginning of capitalism Mm. and of course the scientific revolution yeah and i think what I found really interesting about this was because I think the way we, again, and this goes back to what you're talking about when you're talking about these men objectifying women and then saying, like, you're the reason I'm feeling sexual about you because everything I experience is made for me. Mm. And, like, you know, and it, this this perpetu- per, uh, perpetuates itself. When I was coming to think about this, I was very much looking, you know, as a feminist historian, kind of looking at it and being like, okay, so like, how is it gendered? And like, always looking at, because you're always looking at the people who aren't the default people, mm-hmm. who aren't the people in power, who aren't what everything's made for. She's like, what is it about these women that makes them so unpalatable? What is it? And as someone who studied gender and history, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of taught to see both sides of it. And I was guilty probably at first of just being like, oh, well, you know, these, you know, looking at the f- the feminine aspect of this, where I actually find it really interesting to look at the toxic male mm-hmm. gendering of this society, which was locking itself in into capitalism. And again, the gendering of how we look at society, capitalism and patriarchy go very, very, very well, to, well together. Mm-hmm. And the idea of nature and um and you know and the unknown because we're so binary everything is binary so you know if if you're not civilized then you're savage and you know women are savage because 
you know they do this and because they bleed and i can't control this and they they do things with the with nature because that's the position that they found themselves in and it becomes this and, really and they binary have thing also this 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 central experience that a man will never experience exactly. pregnancy and childbirth and i think that that exactly. is so central to 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 a man's insecurities relating to women you know we need them to create more life but we don't understand how they do it yeah and their bodies are so fucking magical yeah um <laughs> and, and ours will never do anything like that yeah and it's terrifying yeah and, and we don't understand it yet so yeah, yeah exactly and and just yes yeah, so 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 just the i think i just found it a lot more interesting to i always i admit i have to admit when i came and i studied gender history i people always are like oh so you study suffragettes and it's like no <laughs> because that would be women's history wouldn't it it's like it's not women's history it's gender history it's constructions of gender so and I just always found it interesting to to look at the patriarchy and to Mm. look at how they protect themselves and how well they've protected themselves for so long which is making sure and you can see I feel like you can see a line by the way I just want to say I fucking hate purity Mm. I think they mm-hmm. are the fucking They're the worst. Worst. That's the I worst. hate them. They like you hang Quakers. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, we got against Quakers. Sweet little, sweet little silence gathering. Yeah, you know. And you say something, you have something nice to say about it, someone else. It's just awful. Who's gonna hate that? And I just think there's a line from Puritans. I obviously I've looked at this very much from like the North American. I've I've been like, by the way, quite a good podcast called Unobscured by. Uh, if you, it's it's good don't let that put you off um uh, there's some very good historians being interviewed on it anyway um you can draw a line from puritans to mike fucking pence mm. and the evangelicals and the god and gold fetishization in the united states today which mm-hmm. is so hypocritical and perverted and rotten mm. um and it you know and you know making sure you know, again, you know, just I just think it's really interesting to think about the gendering of these people who are in power and how, yeah, capitalism certainly kind of that's the beginning of it, isn't it? It's the beginning mm. of the centralization of that yeah. money and that wealth mm-hmm. and that power. And my slaves will be okay, yeah. and my wife and my daughter will yeah. be okay. Everyone in proximity to me will be okay, but anyone who is not as as powerful as me is is a lot more vulnerable. Yeah, and I just wanted to um, maybe finish with talking about. Um, this connection between witchcraft and capitalism today um which is so you know that we have like modern day witchcraft is sorry like a modern day version of witchcraft is like neo-paganism or um often called reclaiming which is a type of witchcraft and wicca that was kind of brought about during the second wave feminist movements of the 1970s and also a lot of that social upheaval that was a result of the 1960s and one of the leading um, activists of this movement is called Starhawk and it's all about social change and focused uh, women focused um, on the environment essentially like looking at the environment and how to like protect the environment and using wicker belief systems of um animism of looking at the spirituality of nature all around us um and how to use that and utilize the power of that in order to protect nature i'm not saying this from an advocacy point of view i'm saying this because i think it's really interesting that even today modern day iterations of witchcraft are directly in loggerheads with the um objectives of patriarchal capitalism which is basically to accumulate capital by destroying the environment so 
in order to accumulate vast amounts of capital, the environment must be destroyed because to create endless growth, growth in a world of limited resources, you have to destroy uh, the environment in order to um, in order to create wealth. So, in a way, like modern iterations of witchcraft are doing exactly what the 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 sixteen hundreds and the fifteen hundreds iterations of witchcraft were, which were to try to maintain a connection with the natural in order to protect and sustain a healthy society. Um, which was at loggerheads with the accumulation of capital by a small minority of people and the exploitation of, uh, you know, working class and poor people in that society in order to create more and more capital at the expense of those people and also at the expense of the environment as well. Yes. (laughs) It makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Um, that That was fun. That was fun. I could do that all day. We should talk more about. We should do more history ones. Yeah, right. If you, like, I think we'll maybe um, maybe we should talk. Yeah, about various different things. I'm gonna try and be a bit more fastidious with um, show notes, everybody, and so that because this is just. I mean, if you like me and you're a bit of a, or like us and you know, kind of history nerds, it's uh, very easy to fall down some rabbit holes looking at this stuff, isn't it? Mm. But um, but yeah, I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, if you please keep please keep uh, listening, sharing, share, 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 share the love, um, and uh, yeah, we will uh, get back to you. Instagram, Facebook at Sistrionics, uh, Twitter certainly at Sistrionics, um, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, this has been Sistrionics. Sistrionics.